Welcome to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every single episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. I'm Dan Hill. Let's get started. Episode 9, Farewell, Mike's Concubine. <laughs> what is a concubine? It's like a kept woman. Oh. Right? Like, it's someone that's there to pleasure their partner. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think. Let concubine. Me, let me look it up. I mean, it doesn't have a very sexy ring to it, but. Did, their title's always like, send me straight to Webster's. <laughs> 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 okay. I never get them. What um, was the last one I didn't get? Uh, I don't even write. It's, it's pretty much every other one. Okay. Yeah, Historical. Like, In polygamous societies, a woman who lives with a man but has lower status than his wife or wives, uh, otherwise known as a mistress. Oh. A paramour. A woman who cohabitates with a man without being married to him. A paramour? Paramour. A concubine. Oh, the last one I didn't know was inter- interpersonal. interpersonal. <laughs> Which I think is like um, kind of something that you should know. You thought it was interpersonal. Interpersonal. <laughs> well, you also think that ambiance is pronounce- pronounced ambience. <laughs> it is ambient. It's. Well, ambient light, but ambiance. It's not ambient. Ambiance. <laughs> Look, I don't. Okay, here's another question for you Is it homage or homage? You pay homage. I always said homage, but as I got older, you more... got snootier. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people said homage. You got too hot for your britches. Biopic or. Biopic. Biopic. Yeah, I say biopic too. Biopic? What? I feel like that's like biopsy. Yeah. Because it a a I mean I, I get it, like a bio is a bi short for biography. So the uh uh what's it called? Pick is a movie. The cadence of the <laughs> word, yeah. Or a picture. Yeah, but it's not biopic. It's a it's a bio picture. It's short for biography picture. Biopic. Some people say biopic. Bio. They, then they need to say biopic. Like you got to put that space. The right emphasis on the right syllable. Yeah. Right, because it, it it's a picture. So you're you're slicing a word in half. So it'd be a if they want to say bio. Say bio, but you sound like an asshat. It's bio. Okay, thank you so much for weighing in. Anywho, um, this starts off like they shot this thing straight through. You know, 
You right. know what I mean? We're it, right where we left off. Yeah, there's no there was no change in cadence or, or anything with them. Like they were just they just kept shooting from the last scene. When did it air? Uh oh, air date November eighteenth, nineteen ninety six. Okay. So we're at Megan's house again and Kimberly is there. And instead of, you know, Kimberly trying to murder Megan, as we suspected in the previous episode, right. she lets Megan know that she won't be needing her services anymore. Fully confirming that this is a prostitute. Right, which I feel like, what a missed opportunity. Should I have mean, been her doc. This could have been awesome if this yeah. was truly her therapist. Instead... Second hooker storyline or third? Well, um, we're we're told that that Kimberly had originally hired Megan to service him in bed, but it see and at the beach house, and it seems as though those lines have kind of been a little blurry because now Michael's showing up at Megan's house. They're meeting more frequently in, in different locations than what Kimberly approved of. Yeah. And she's really disappointed that her, the woman she hired isn't adhering to her parameters. You were to entertain him at the beach house. Why? Are you intimate again? <laughs> like, Okay. It doesn't matter if we're intimate again, like, bitch. I hired you. Yeah, and it's not your place. But yeah. I, I love it when she's like, why Why is Michael showing up here at the house anyways? And Megan's like, I told him I didn't want to talk a lot about myself, and it got really weird. Yeah, when I wouldn't <laughs> share about myself. Uh, Kimberly, she says she, hi- she hired Mike. She hired Megan to keep Michael company. And and Megan's like, I don't. It's going to be very hard because I took him places he's never been before. <laughs> and, and I can. This, I, I feel Kimberly it. is like shocked. She's like, "What bitch? Like ever been? Be like a couple BJ's. Like, like bitch. Do you understand? <laughs> I've walked on water. <laughs> she doesn't. I've emerged from the ocean she and doesn't. fucked the shit out of this man." Do you understand? Megan's got a lot to learn about the wrath of Kimberly. And hopefully we will see that wrath be unleashed in coming episodes. Yeah. Um, But for now, we are off to our opening credits. Very. Not often do we take the notes on the opening credits, but we had to watch these back a couple times. I, I don't. They're using like we have some of the, you know, tried and true shots that we've seen many times before. But they're mixing in some new things here. A lot of new couples, a lot of new people. I mean, we could really, like, I would liken this to our daughter taking an iPhone and just going to town. It's shaky. You don't see, like, the subjects aren't in the frame. You might see, like, someone's butt or, like, someone's midriff or, like, half of somebody's face. Yeah. It's like you're, like, an aimless... Shooting at nothing. These shots are like two seconds too long each time. To where uncomfortable. It's, to where it's like, yeah, it's bizarre. It's so weird. We had two new people that they were filming. They're just holding flowers in the middle of the street. <laughs> and they are puzzled. Two women that you got to ask yourself. Is this real footage of like someone going out into the streets of LA just 
filming Strangers yeah. in the Wild? If it, yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. If it was just a <laughs> random shot and then they just ditched it after a second, we wouldn't think anything of it. No. But we had fucking time. Yeah, me like, time stopped on these people. <laughs> they're standing in the street. They're holding flowers. And their faces are literally like, who's that fucking guy they, filming us holding they flowers? at the camera and they're like, what? It's like the, yeah. you get their reactions of like, why is this happening? Yeah. Then, Dan, we are then transported to another shot of somebody wearing like a camel brown. All brown. And you almost for a second think it's a skin tone. Yeah. But it's like, it's skin tight and the shot's just on this person's lower half. Brown ass, head to toe. And it's just kind of like, it, it take, you're like, is that person naked? And what's happening here? I, I, maybe I it was supposed to be shot, like obscure, whole. like is it like or or like, um, it, it's supposed to be like salacious to be like, oh, do we have a naked person on the screen? It it was strange, but the yeah. most bizarre is a couple sitting on a bench. You, with, oh, you skip fat guy on a little. Oh, bike. I'm sorry. You please please take it away. There's I know fat guy on a little bike. His, but like, I don't think he's that fat. I think he's on the cycle, and the air is blowing up his shirt. So he looks like inflated guy on a bike. But then, go ahead, go then ahead, give him these. There's just this couple sitting on a bench, just like waiting for a bus. And the guy has a, a disposable cup that he goes to like dump out water onto the sidewalk. And right. <laughs> like, a- why? Why is this being highlighted in the opening credits of Melrose Place, which at this point in time, was one of the biggest television shows on yeah. uh, on I mean yeah. why 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 did this make the cut again I like, want to know we wouldn't have batted an eyelash had it been a second shorter but like we're watching we're now watching this man. too long he 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 got to the end of his coffee he saw some grounds in it and was like Ew, there's grounds at the end of this. Yeah, maybe and that's then he's what it was. Tapping it out. It's like you shouldn't fucking know what the situation <laughs> you shouldn't have time to like assess you this say, situation. Two of people sitting credits. at a bus stop. Okay, next. It should be like bus stop, ass, motorcycle, boom, 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 bread guy. Who knows? No, flowers. It's almost like a study in voyeurism. Like yeah. these people are being watched. We're watching them through the lens. And we don't know what's going to happen next. And none of them got paid. I don't think any of I, them did. I mean, the guy dumping out his cup? I I don't think so. If you know who this man is, <laughs> we want to talk to you <laughs> however many years later. If you're this man, please come on the show. Or the two women with the flowers. And we you know what? We want to know your reaction. And you know what? If you're not, fake it. <laughs> Just fucking hit us up and fake Pretend it. we'll have you on a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, we want to talk to you. But if you are fake, you better come with fucking hardcore details. Yeah. I don't want to know you're fake. Yeah, we we want like actual, we, we want to know what it smelled like, what it felt like. Iron we want clad. antidotes. We want. Yeah, you, you better so. start now. Get your ass on IMDb. <laughs> And into yourself into this episode, all of it, because okay. we're digging. So we got through the credits. Thank you guys for listening. That was we really love you. <laughs> we love smut. We love you. Bye. Uh, anywho, now 
we've got flowers outside of Sam's door. They're huge. They're vased up, bowed up. Do, would you like these flowers? Yeah, I mean, any kind of gesture like that, I think, is a romantic overture that makes you feel special. Sure. So, so big. They're from Craig. Oh, please. Is this a little much after one date? I mean. Those big of flowers? He's serious about her. Those are like, I'm sorry, flowers. What? Yeah. Those are get well soon flowers. Those are funeral flowers. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a rose in that thing. Well, they're from Craig, and um, Sam is touched by them. And as she's picking them up, Jane is leaving to go to work as well. But Sam's a little quizzical as to why she's rushing back to work after her little episode. If Again. Like what? I cried on the ground. Well, Dan, And she, Jake hugged me, and I'm good. Remember, she came out of that... I don't know if it was a mental health facility. We don't know how long she was there. She was assessed by somebody. So some shit went down. She's working through some problems. But Jane says no. Hair looks great. Yeah, I love Jane's hair like this. Hair when it's so a little, little longer. Uh, yeah. I, uh, getting away from that pixie cut. Um, but Jane's like, I have to get back in. I have to get back to work. I got to get my mind off of this. I got to throw myself back in. As she's leaving, she encounters Jake and Allison making out in the doorway. And of course, they God. see Jane and they kind of like recoil. They're like, oh shit, here she comes. Is she going to like flip out again? It's like, oh, you, you raped me. Um, but she doesn't. She's like, it's okay, guys. I'm on my way. Jake leaves and walks with Jane outside. Yeah. And Jane says that she's thinking about moving, which I think is a great idea. That's that's what every normal human would do. Yeah. I mean, after something like that, that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. That's pretty much like, you know what? Seeing this couple together is really causing me pain and anguish. I should remove myself from this situation. Yeah. And why why is Jake and Allison making out so hard in the morning? Like, y'all work together. You know? You're passionate, Dan. She'll probably see him in the afternoon shift. You know... No flowers, not kissing passionately. Some people really enjoy their partner. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> uh, so now we go to D&D, where we, I feel like we haven't been here in a minute. I know. And you know what? It's funny. As I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, I n- never thought I would say this, but I kind of miss the D&D storylines. Uh, Some of them got really tedious and stupid, but like when they would yeah. give pitches and when Allison and Billy would do the like walking in front of. Get this. <laughs> two cookies are flying down a parachute. And then they like, cr- they like walk in front of the client, but they cross each other. And then like Billy will take the lead and he'll yeah. be like, and then after they fall out of the parachute, they fall in a big bed of frosting. Right. Don't garoose. <laughs> like, oh my god like, <laughs> and then they like shut a laser pointer or like one of those like ex- like it looks like a radio antenna and they just like shut it as their their pointer <laughs> we're done i i don't know like that was kind of fun so um it was fun seeing that setting again it was like billy um he's there and he tells um he tells Amanda, who's walked up, that uh, Arthur Field was there, and he met with the board twice while she wasn't there. 
and and he 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 heard he heard outside of the the boardroom that that they were meeting about reorganizing the business. This is troubling to Amanda, but even more so, she learns that Craig is in the middle of doing a pitch for an airline that is a $2 million account. Yeah. And he's a little too green to be doing a pitch like this on his own. So she is like, we got to intervene. Billy's like, who cares? Let him freaking like sign his own death warrant. Like, he's going to fuck this up. She's mad at Billy at first. She's like, why'd you let him leave and go do that thing? And he's like, he gives it to her. And and he's right. He's like, well, you demoted me and made me my own made him my boss remember and then amanda just walks off she's like this is a disaster well it's totally true like what is he gonna do tattletale on amanda and why should he have any allegiance to amanda after she did something that's shitty to him yeah she put him back in cubicle town that's not that's not right that's not gonna make him a team player like you're lucky he's even telling you they had a meeting now we head to uh, Doctors at Law, Mid-Wilshire building, where I don't know if we've been here for a minute, but um, we we'll see Kimberly at the front desk. If I had three months to go and I knew it, I'm not going to work. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, she's making the decision not to tell Michael, so she's got to kind of keep up appearances that nothing's wrong. So she's going to keep up appearances for the last three months? I'd be like, I got a headache. She probably does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael comes out of his office and she's like, hey, Michael, why is Dr. Schulman in there? And Michael says, oh, well, the chief of staff position is opened up and I'm throwing my hat in the ring for that. Right. And then um, Michael feeds Kimberly some lie about how he's got to call somebody and, and needs to use Peter's office. But he goes in. And of course he calls Megan. And of course Kimberly is like, hmm, let me pick up line three here. This was something Sydney used to do. She used to do this this shit all the time. And how brazen of Michael, right? Yeah. Like his wife is right there. He's got to know that she has the ability to listen in. This is old hat. He doesn't give a fuck. And he's like, Megan. I have to see you. I'm going to come over 7 p.m. I'm taking you out. And to her credit, Megan is like, no, Michael, we can't see each other anymore. This is done. And Michael's like, well, guess what? I'm going to be there at 7 o'clock whether you like it or not. Click. That's called stalking, my friend. Yeah. She said no. he, He doesn't hear no, man. He really doesn't. Now we go to the airline pitch. Um, Amanda tries, uh, she like intercepts Craig after he's already done this meeting and kind of failed. As he's walking out, we don't actually see the pitch, but he's walking out with like the big guy, like the boss and the boss is saying, I don't know what's going on with D and D, but you better get your act together. So that gives us a little bit of a and didn't he say inkling. like didn't he say like see yourself out you can see yourself out <laughs> then he even goes to the receptionist and he's like cancel everything for today like he's so flustered and so disappointed and like shocked at how bad this pitch went he's got to take the rest of the day just to like recover from it God, like how can a how can a pitch be 
this wrong. Like that mentally draining that you have to be like, I cannot even focus on my regular work because the shit was so bad. But even in like the idea for a company, like you're an airline. So your pitch is probably going to include planes, detail your services. I don't know, Dan. Uh, a cookie drops from a plane. <laughs> like what? What did he? What did he pitch? Like polar bears? Like how can it be that far off? You know what I mean? Like I, I can envision like a little off. Like well, we need more planes, or like well, we we, we want our CEO talking a little bit more in the ad. But to be that far, something. What do you have? Drugs in the in the I don't know. Thing? I, I, I don't could know. see how this would go really bad. I well can. it does. So so Amanda talks to him and she and he's like, Come on, you gotta bail me out. And she's like, Well, I will and I can, but I want the the meeting notes from this board meeting. And uh and he agrees. He's like, Let's do it. Yeah, Get so he basically there. is like, I will never hear the end of it from my dad if he knows that I lost this account. So in exchange for these notes, Amanda walks right up to that receptionist and is like, my name is Amanda Woodward and I'm here to see Mr. Blah, 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 whoever the person is. And the receptionist is like, I'm sorry, but everything on this on his list of things to do is canceled and he's not seeing anybody. And then Amanda is even more of a bitch. She goes, maybe I didn't make myself clear. My name is Amanda Woodward, and I will be seeing the head of blah, blah, blah guy right now. Like, I would, I would be like, maybe I didn't make myself clear. <laughs> I work here, and my boss told me he ain't seeing anybody. Well, we cut to a new scene, and we, are all, we were just like, we assume that that worked. Yeah. Now we head over to the Melrose Place mailbox where Sid uh, walks up and Amanda is blocking the entire mail wall. And Sid's like, hello. Do you mind? Do you mind? And then she sees Amanda's hands and she's like, where's the rock? And Amanda says, uh, like, why do you know about yeah. that? If you'll remember, she was proposed to and only seconds after um, said that that this was a burden for her to carry. And then um, that's when Peter took the ring back that very evening. Right. So. So she had to have seen it before it was presented. So that's, that's when Sydney lets Amanda know that she saw Taylor and Peter together and Peter was showing off the ring to Taylor. Right. Of course, this is just stoking the flames. And she's like, and come to think of it, they probably went shopping for it together too. They looked awfully chummy. Bye. I love <laughs> how Sydney like interjects and just plants this seed. Well, I will say she waters the seed because that seed is already planted in Amanda's yeah. brain. Yeah. Um, but I love how she has the ability to like have this like peppy, like, oh hi, ha ha ha. And then like say one or two things, and then that person is like, it fucks up their whole day. Yeah. And she's just like, Toodles. See ya. <laughs> Later. Now, 
Michael, he pulls up in his car to Megan's real house. We still don't know what the other house is, right? The glass house okay. with nothing in it. <laughs> we don't know what the Thanks fuck that's about. Thanks for bringing this up because, because in now the first scene, that's when Kimberly says you were only supposed to service him at the beach house. Who's paying for this beach house? I don't know. I can only assume it's Kimberly. Yeah. Is it a rental? Do they have it for like weeks or days? Or I mean, how how is this working out? Whose beach house is it? Seems like a lot. Seems like a. It seems like this is a weird uh, <laughs> arrangement. <laughs> I would have to agree, uh, but he's there, and Michael lets himself in. Even though Megan is like, look. Michael's no, get back in the car and lose my number. <laughs> I am a prostitute. You are married. <laughs> uh, Megan goes as far as to give Michael like a, vi- a visual example of like her job. And she holds up her little. Uh, little black book. Her black book of John's. And she's like, you see this book? <laughs> Do you see this book, Michael? <laughs> I love how our snake turns into Dr. No, Evil. No, Dr. Evil. <laughs> Michael, I've had sex with every single man in this book. In this entire book. <laughs> if you want the book, you'll have to expelliarmus it out of my hands. <laughs> uh, she... And like Michael's like, I don't give a fuck about all the people. Michael's you've like, had sex look, with. you don't have to sell your body anymore. I want to take care of you, Megan. Can't you see that? Michael, it's over. <laughs> I have a John coming over right I, now. We are partaking in the dark arts, <laughs> and you cannot watch. Chapter seven. Okay, so next up we have Amanda and Peter, and. Um, Amanda's wanting to know how was, or someone asked, how was your day? She's cold as ice, and she's either eating Captain Crunch or Mac and okay, Cheese. Okay, this is something that Dan and I have a heated debate on. I swear this is this is Captain Crunch. Putting a poll out, putting a poll out on the Facebook group. I think it's Mac and Cheese. One, here's my argument. It's nighttime. Okay. Two, Amanda's not like serial person she doesn't seem like a serial girl okay here are my counter uh, um, <laughs> counter arguments one it's nighttime what is better than having a bowl of cereal at night in lieu of dinner mac and cheese how decadent how wonderful two this girl isn't having pasta are you kidding me cereal <laughs> is her like i'm pissed i'm mad i have gotten this really bad bad information from Sydney and I'm going to drown it in a bowl of Captain Crunch. The way that she eats it, the way the spoon clinks onto the bowl, you can almost visualize and see and feel the milk. That was a, that was a Mac clink. It, the bowl was all orange. It would have been orange okay. and white. Take, please, uh, you guys look at the scene. Tell me she's eating Captain Crunch. She's eating Mac. Tell us. Uh, so she's pissed at Peter, basically, um, because of this whole ring thing that, that Sydney uh, 
let her know about. Well, she says, did you spend any more time with Taylor while I was away? Yeah. And he's like, okay, look, I ran into her at the jewelry store, all right? That was it. I have not been spending anything else, any other time with her. And then Amanda says, Michael, you know what's going to happen. Peter. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Peter? <laughs> you know what's going to happen if you lie to me again. So I don't want to find out something next week, tomorrow. I want to know now. If there is more to this story, you need to tell me now. What's going to happen? Like she's going to leave him. Over a lie? One lie? Well, Dan, okay. No, it's not just a lie, okay? (laughs) All right, don't chalk it up and try to like trivialize this. This is pretty foundational shit. She married him in prison and didn't know he she knows his name isn't peter burns right it's not a secret that amanda doesn't like taylor it's not a secret that amanda knows that taylor is too flirty with peter and amanda makes this known to anybody that she encounters she's telling her husband right now if there's Anything else that's going on, just tell me right now. I don't want to find out about it later. Because if I do and you're lying to me in this moment, it's done. So he doubles down, says, there's nothing to tell. So dumb. Oh, Peter boy, here we go. Now, Allison's. Amanda, I'm sorry. Like, I'd be down for this. Like, this this is a nice drop-off. So Amanda's bringing... I, I, I fully... Except that it's weird. I'm just saying I'd be cool with it. Well, okay. I feel like it's a backhanded thing. So what we're talking about is in this next scene, Amanda comes to Allison's house. And Allison and Amanda haven't had a lot of interaction now that Allison doesn't work at D&D any longer. Right. So she's there to drop off some bagels to Allison as what she calls a peace offering. But, I mean... Let me let me take this back because I would say it might be a backhanded peace offering to say, here's a bunch of bread for you, bitch, because I know that you're so fat. You're going to enjoy all the bread that I'm giving you. But in the 90s, were people aware of how carbs could like... No, bagel was legit. That was, that was, a, so that's a, like, that was a fun, fine meal. Grains. I mean, I still think a bagel is a fun, fine meal. We're, we're in four food groups territory still. We have one part's breads and cereals, one part's meats, veggies. No, we had the food pyramid back now. It's in 96, it was four food groups. No, yeah, it, was it was food square. Py- it was food pyramid. It was food it wasn't, They weren't Dad, doing the six. I was in school. During, I was. I in, was also in school. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> you went to school too? Sorry, guys. You? 96, I took a year <laughs> off. <laughs> you, you went to school? school um i i vividly remember the pyramid now it's different now it's different now i think it's four no the pyramid was came about in like 97 98 oh my please stop four food groups it was the four no you're so wrong guys come on okay Uh, let me (laughs) okay So interpersonnel. I thought you were going to say that you thought it was a backhanded gift because she didn't bring over any cream cheese. (laughs) She just assumes, here's all these bagels. 
find your own cream cheese. Yeah. Or I hope you have butter or something. Yeah. That might be one of my lessons this week. The first food pyramid was created in the 1970s in Sweden. Well, they're always ahead of the times. <laughs> what about America? The Should- USDA food pyramid was created. Okay, hold on. The, um, the 1999 pyramid, 1992 pyramid introduced by the United States Department of Agriculture was called the Food Guide Pyramid to Eating Right. And how many food groups was it? Babe, it's the fucking pyramid, okay? The thing that we're talking about here with the breads on the bottom and then you've got the fruits and veggies. They're like telling you you got to eat a shit ton of bread in this food pyramid. And then it says in 2011, it was replaced by my plate. And this is when it goes to four. With the side of dairy. But the four food groups were... The pyramid is more consumption of the six because there's six levels of the pyramid. They didn't talk (laughs) about that in the Maryland public school system. They talked about just identifying the groups of food. Well, guess what? In my school, they did. Well, maybe y'all got upgraded textbooks because you lived in a rich area. No, I didn't. (laughs) Maybe... I don't know. You tell Kevin. Can you back me up here? Four food groups. Kevin, we went to the we went to Homestead Wakefield together. So you remember this. Regardless, if you're gonna bring bagels, you, I think you. I think it's your. You need to bring cream cheese. Okay, right? I'm not gonna argue with that. Yes, hell yes. You they, can't just assume. You can't, no, you can't just bring bagels and be like. Okay, I have nothing to put on them. Yeah, and she could have presented them a little better. She just had them in the bag, like her coffee. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> sorry about that tension. But uh, Amanda says that Midline Airlines hasn't been happy since Allison left. And Allison starts grinning from ear to ear. Amanda wants her back as a short-term consultant. And... I wrote, I made a note. I said, this is probably Allison's way out of the shooter storyline. And Amanda offers her five G's to for like lock, three days of work. For three days of work to lock in two, two million, two million, two million dollars. Um, and Allison says she's, she's really happy at shooters. What? Are you are? Okay. Well, I mean, she had really a, some traumatizing things happen to her at D and D. Because that's true. Mostly, she had a bitch of a boss. That's true. But she was getting hammered at D and D. That was like her but, playground. You know, to go in for three days and make five five grand off of it. I mean, I'd do it too. Yeah. So she hands her the bagels and hands her a big old like dossier. Is that what you call those things? Oh, I don't know. That's pretty fancy. So let's head it's over like to file. Shooters. Well, they taught us more about dossiers. And oh, gotcha. Um, you got more of the dossier <laughs> lesson, and I got more of the pyramid group. Yeah. Yeah. So Billy is shooting pool all sorts of wrong. Um, he's positioning every ball and then hitting it. Um, you don't just set up the balls and shoot, man. You, like, play through. If you're going to play solo, you play through and knock them all in as they lie. I'm sorry. Are you the the authority on playing pool by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is like children, children do this. 
well, they set the ball up like near the pocket and then hit it. So it's this is bizarre. Well, it's Billy. Okay, so Sam comes up and she's like, "Hey, Billy, like, how are you doing?" You Sam know, looks good. I was about to say she does look really good. She she tuned it up. She tuned it up. Yeah. Um, so is she a good Joe replacement though? No, I say no. Like good Joe. I mean, she's she's different. Joe had more jagged edge, you know. She's a little bit more free spirit, a little bit more whimsical. I appreciate that. Joe was a f- whimsical free spirit at the beginning. No, I feel like she was more like biker chick, like don't fuck with me. I come from New York. Yeah. That kind of a girl. But anyway, she's like, Billy, we're friends. You can tell me things. And he's like, yeah, well, you know what? I do have something to tell you. Craig sucks. Yeah. I hate him. He's gunning for my job. Um, And he says, underneath all those great tan lines lies the heart of a snake. Okay. Does he have good tan lines? Is no. he a good tan? I don't know. No. It's not anything I noticed about him. He does not. Um, So... Billy, he he leaves Shooters and he just hands Allison his beer and he gives his classic "say ya" and and walks out and that that leaves Allison to walk over to Jake to ditch the bottle and um, <laughs> okay so this is when Allison asks yeah. Jake if she can have a couple of days off because she got a pretty good opportunity from. Amanda to go back to D&D for a couple of days to pitch this thing. And he's like, wait, what? And she's like, look, she's paying me a shit ton of money to do this. And then Jake goes, oh, so you're doing it for the money. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> yeah, idiot. We like, need it. Like, a, wh- why? What else would she be doing it for? Solidifying. Like, what? Just fully solidifying that Jake doesn't give a fuck about money in fact (laughs) hates it and she's like um if you remember all of my possessions burned in a fire like i don't even have clothes and he's like oh well shit you know um allison if you needed some jeans and t-shirts i'd totally spring for them i totally got you i I, have you seen all my kids (laughs) we can share these kids babe (laughs) it's ridiculous the 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 level of like like, he is really just, like, opposed they, to money. they live together. So doesn't he kind of know, like, oh, all my shit burned up. <laughs> like, right. Everything's gone. Yeah, dude, remember I that? Have nothing. Remember that building we were in fire in? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we haphazardly, like, got out of it fairly easily? Yeah. All my shit was in there, dude. Um, but so so Jake then agrees. He's like, Okay, I guess you can... You can take a couple days off to go get $5,000. And back in like 1996, that was probably like $10,000. Jake, this is win-win, bro. (laughs) Win-win. Now, we go to D&D. Kyle comes in. And of course, like, Kyle has a business. So he's got an account with... I mean, D&D's got to do the advertising for Kyle's restaurant. Yeah. But of course, uh, Amanda just can't. He's like, hey, Amanda, I want to, you know, check out the renderings and kind of see the game plan for my ad campaign, like what's going on with it. And she can't help herself. She's like, oh, for being so new to L.A., you and your wife sure do get around, don't you? 
Yeah, this is how you treat your clients, Amanda? What? Are you kidding me with this attitude? Not cool, man. And this is another reason why I love Kyle. This bitch is talking shit on his boo. And he says, I'm beginning to resent your attitude toward my wife. He should have Will Smithed her. (laughs) Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Should have slapped the shit out of her. Yes. Um, oh, God. Um, he's like, your marriage is in trouble, honey. You need to look closer to home, closer at home. And then a man is like, oh, well, you can go to hell and find Taylor there when you're like, there. Look, bitch, I'm not scared of you, Amanda. Okay. You can say all the shit you want to me. I'm not afraid. Yeah. And I guess I'll just come check out my account next time. What kind? Not only are these people your tenants, they're also your client. Your client. And you're treating them like this. And this is a brand new restaurant that your husband fucking loves. <laughs> like he's there every day. <laughs> like, look at your statements. He, he takes multiple meals there. Yeah. Look at your bank statements because you are feeding this yeah. this company. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he he leaves in a huff, rightfully so, and she's all pissed off too. Now we go to Wilshire Memorial. Michael back in in the scrubs. Have we seen him in the scrubs in a while? It's been a while. He is throwing his hat in the ring for chief of staff, Michael Mancini. It wasn't long ago that Michael was, like, disgraced. I mean, he was on, like, a probation. They were like, we don't think you can be a doctor, let alone chief of staff. Right. But, you know, my, how the tables have turned, and we learned that he's actually going in for surgery on Peter's patient. Right. Because Peter is now so disgraced. And who, like, why Peter can't do this surgery, nobody knows. He just keeps saying, my reputation is so bad now. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, look, um, is this when Michael asks him to write a recommendation? Yes. Yeah. So Michael's like, hey, or man. sign a recommendation? Yeah. He's like, I drew this thing up. Just wanted to run it by you. Maybe you can just sign it. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm throwing my hat in, the, hat in the ring for chief of staff. Peter opens the letter. It's like, <laughs> dear, dear doctors. I am so awful. I'm As terrible. I've been recently disgraced by being accused of murder yeah. and being incarcerated for several months. I am now here to say that Michael Mancini yeah. should be chief of staff. I fully endorse Michael Mancini. There's no one that could have taken my place while I was away. And Michael's like, "We, I got to go to surgery. We, we just get that done for me. Thanks, man. I appreciate it." Um, and so Peter's a little, a little ticked off at that. Now we go back to Melrose Place where uh, Mr. Matt and Dr. Dan are walking through the gates Hand there. in hand. Hand in hand. So they're coming back. Probably, presumably, they, they went out to see a movie or had dinner. And Matt says, would you like to come in and spend the night? Matt, don't play no games. All right? Like, if Matt likes you, you know it. And he tells you. And then he's like, he gives you every inch. I appreciate that. I like, like someone that's up front and says, this is what's up. You want to come in? You want to come in and also spend the night, spend the night, which means sex. <laughs> and Dr. Dan's like, look, Matt, I'm a one man man. 
okay, great. Come on in. Like, I'm not trying to see anybody else. I don't participate in casual sex. Like, okay, but then how do you build a relationship? At some point, you have to cross that threshold, and they've been dating each other for, like, I don't, again, the timeline of Melrose Place is really hard to gauge, but this has been going on for several episodes. And what does he want? Does he want Matt to be like, Will Will you you marry me? Will you be my boyfriend? Will you be my regular sexual partner? Oh, wait. It's the 90s, so we'll say, will you go with me? Will you go out? When when I was in school, we would say, you're going out with, like... I'm going out with And you're like... Yeah, yeah. I go out with him. My mom would be like, where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I could go out with her, mom. Like, to his basement. And then we like make out, okay? Uh, so, yeah, I don't get this because Dr. Dan and Matt have pretty much always been on the same page to the point where like they looked at each other in the face and had this full discussion about like, I need to not be your doctor so we can be together. And Matt's like, cool, you're fired. Wink, wink. I mean, honestly. And Dan's like, sweet (laughs) and now it's like weeks of i need to know you better what do you need to know what are you fucking talking about i'm your student and you helped me through rehab and we have like we have decided that we both are into each other no and again i have to bring this up i get the Oh, shucks, little boy. Have a good night. It's like a dad to son. It's like a like an older mentor to a mentee. It's right. very weird. This dynamic of like, let's just call it a night, okay? I'm going to go home, but maybe next time, little slugger. Yeah, it's getting late, buddy. It's, it's weird. And then they do this. Why like, is Matt into this? I don't know. But like, ah, it's just such a... So, Week on Melrose Place to like just fucking ha- at least a cheek kiss at the very least. I feel odd being like the guy who the, the straight guy being like these guys better kiss or like make <laughs> out. I want you guys to like show affection well, for because, each other. You know, it's hard to look at this time in television through the the lens of today. Yeah, because it's very. I mean, this is something you would see a same-sex storyline on television and you would, you know, you'd see that. It's fucking late 96. It's November 96. So you see... What, are we not ready for it's this? It's weird. It's just... Fucking it, kiss. And it comes off strange. I mean, it just the way that it's presented, it's... it's it, And I don't know if this is what they're going for, this, like, father-to-son dynamic. I don't know. It, they do this, <laughs> like... They do this, like sort of like angsty strong hug it's like great hug fellas way to go way to go they should have fought the writers and director on this and been like well i know i know actually i've read somewhere that um the actor and i'm gosh my his name is escaping me right now that plays matt um uh, he did Doug Savant yeah he he did try to have they kissed. They, he did the kiss, and they cut it. The first kiss, right? Yeah, yeah. Not not their first kiss, but his like first on, on screen. screen. Yeah, Billy's like best frat, man, frat brother, right? <laughs> frat yeah. Brother. yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, um, okay. I don't so, know, it's bullshit. So he leaves. It's weird. Next up, we're with Kimberly and Michael. They're having dinner outside on their patio on the beach. And, um, you know, Kimberly's trying to get a little, little saucy. She's, She's like, like mm-hmm. I'm ready, Michael. I'm going to go slip into something a little bit more comfortable. So she gets up, walks into the house, and then we cut. We cut to Peter and Taylor in a parking lot where they've they decided to meet up. Why? I don't know. Why? Why are they meeting? They've got to. They've just got to. So Peter says uh um they're they're they have crazy ideas about the two of us. Well, both of their spouses, both Amanda and Kyle, think that they're that Peter and Taylor are around. hooking up. Yeah. Which, yeah, it kind of looks that way. And, she, and they're like, oh my gosh, uh, can you believe that? And then he's like, look, Peter, she says something about him being a great surgeon. And um, yeah, Peter's, yeah, Peter says the practice isn't doing well. And, and, and Taylor's like, you're a great surgeon. I remember uh, my sister used to always say that or something. Well, something he weird. says, oh, Taylor, you remind me of Beth so much. She was always my cheerleader. And then Taylor's like, it may have been a mistake telling you that that I am Beth's sister. And I got to just reiterate to you one more time, you cannot tell anyone right. well, our connection. Peter is like, I... Can I tell? And she's like, no, 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 no. why? Kyle can't handle it. Kyle, they've established that Kyle is like incredibly a jealous person. So he's like, I won't say anything. Yeah. And then they hug. Like, why even have this special meeting? Because it establishes that like Peter wanted to, to tell. And it also reaffirms for the audience why taylor can't isn't cool with it because clearly like she wants him but she um clearly she wants like to to be with peter by but she also wants to keep kyle so they had to establish like why there's that conflict if she she's trying to like break up amanda and him but it's like, okay, cool. So just tell them. Just, like telling Amanda this would break them up. You know totally. what I mean? Totally, yeah. Right. So they need to establish that like, oh, but she also loves Kyle who would lose his shit. Yeah. I, I guess. No, I see. I don't know. I, I get that. Um, so we are back at the beach house. And at this point, Kimberly emerges from the bedroom into the living room, which <clears throat> I think she's supposed to be wearing a sexy nightgown. I mean, it's kind of hot. No, what? <laughs> it looks like it. Like you could wear that to church. Maybe it's hot for then. Maybe it was ninety six hot. I don't know. It it looks like it. It just looks like a plain black dress that has a little bit of a, a little lace lace on the cleavage. You know, it's not sexy in any way. Um, but Today. Michael, <laughs> okay. Um, but we've seen far more risque things on this show um michael's already passed out on the couch and she's like oh michael i want you to love me the way you used to and she starts trying to like make out with him as he's sleeping and he perks everyone knew this was gonna happen he rouses just slightly from sleep not fully waking up saying 
Megan. Oh, Megan. Mm, Megan. And of course, this is like shocking and devastating for Kimberly to witness that her precious husband has now fallen for the the hooker that she's hired. The prostitute. <laughs> now, back to Melrose Place. We got Taylor and Kyle. They're having breakfast in their apartment. And now it's Kyle's turn to be cold like... Like Amanda was cold to, to Peter. Um, and he's like, I'm not sure I trust you anymore, Taylor. And um, I've seen the way you are with Peter. You flirt with him. You stand too close. And you do that that thing with your lips that you do. And then she says, what thing with my lips? Uh, and then, she doesn't. And it's like, rah, 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 rah. and you know, Lisa Rinna, like those, those babies... I don't know if yeah. they're natural. I don't know where those lips came from, but man, they are. They came from a lab. They are something. I mean that that is like the the thing about her face. I wish I wish Kyle was like, and you do that thing with your loins, <laughs> 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 with your sick ass loins. Sick loins. What loins? <laughs> uh, Taylor says that. Um, He's like, are you attracted to him? Um, uh, God damn it. Kyle is like, are you attracted to him? And she's like, I'm attracted to a lot of men, but I'm married to you. I don't know if this amount of trust in this, well, this amount of honesty in this argument was a good thing or a bad thing. Hey, I think it's real. Okay, yeah. You you see hot girls. I see hot guys. You can appreciate them. But you're not going to act on them. I mean, like, that's what you say. That's what do you what, mean? That's what I Of course, it's what I do. <laughs> I'm not saying you. Oh, okay. I'm saying, like, that's what Taylor is saying. That's right. what she's saying. Yeah. Um, but he's like, look, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just reading in too much to something that Amanda said. Yeah. And her, her little satin thing is showing off all kinds of nips. That's a lot sexier than whatever the fuck Kimberly was just wearing. <laughs> she should have put that on. I agree. I agree. Okay, so we leave that scene, and then we have Allison entering her old stomping grounds of D&D. She's back in the bullpen. Billy's um, stoked to like, have an ally versus... Miss Parker. Hey, it's great. Great to see you. Now we can fight Craig together. So Craig comes over because Allison hasn't met Craig. Yeah, Craig comes over and is like, what the fuck did you just say, Billy? <laughs> What did you say? And Billy's like, oh, nothing, sir. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I'll go get you some coffee yeah, with cinnamon now. Yeah. You want cut decaf with cinnamon? <laughs> Coming right up, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Craig meets Allison, and they kind of connect a little bit, right? They have a, they like, she's like, oh. You're not you're not who I expected. Uh yeah, I mean, I think cuz she knows of Arthur Field, right? Like he's he's owned D&D and she knows who she who he is. Yeah. So she's probably like, "Oh, you're his son?" Right. And it kind of I feel like they kind of open the door and I kind of feel like the writers are writing this shit as they go, right? So it's yeah. kind of like, well, maybe we'll just like have a meet cute with them because maybe down the line we could have them hook up and yeah. they can reference that they met here and that there was some a little bit of chemistry. You know what I've just kind of noticed? Um, they always, Amanda is always like in a red and um, Allison is always like blues. Hmm. 
It's always like fire and water. Yeah, yeah. She's 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 like the anti Amanda, you know. Well, I will say Allison looks great in blue. Those eyes, so great. Like, oh, beautiful. Get her out of that shooter's uniform for Christ's sake. Oh, I know. Come on. Um. So they sort of meet up, team up, and then they're off to go uh, into the boardroom to like discuss uh, how awful Craig's uh, pitch was and how Allison can fix it up. So next scene, we're at Shooters, and Allison is regaling Jake about how the pitch went, and it went well. I mean, she said that Amanda trotted her out in front of everyone like a circus animal, but they decided to re-sign with D&D, so overall, it's a success, and she gets her 5K. Jake's kind of shook that uh, that Allison looks this great, you know, in the in the business suit, and um, she she lays it on Jake that Allison, that uh, Amanda offered her uh, full-time. And Jake's like, oh, what? You'd want to go back to that? And at first, we're kind of like, well, maybe she should. She should. But Allison's like, no, no, I'm done with that. And then Jake offers her to be a partner in the bar where she would have some kind of ownership with Jake over the bar, which is kind of like, look, this is cute. You guys are have been dating for, what, six months maybe in the timeline world, but like, you also dated freaking what's her name that like you did a Perry. You yeah. dated that that one girl that like didn't she try to stab him in a cabin somewhere? I mean like Oh she tried to kill him. Yeah. On the boat. I mean maybe you should like this is something that you should do when you're a little bit more serious and you've been living together for a little longer to to decide to give half your business yeah, to Jake. someone, a romantic partner. Here's Jake's mindset. He's like, Well, my girlfriend wants money. I don't. <laughs> so maybe I'll give her half my business. <laughs> then I'll have less and she'll have money. Because I don't, clearly, I don't give a shit. I don't care what happens here. Very true. It's win win for Jake. Um, so yeah, Allison, then she's like, yeah, I don't want to. Jenny said, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to take the job. Uh, I just want to get on some jeans. And she's like, I'll be in the back. Get those jeans on. She's like, you're more, you're more than welcome to come in. If you want to watch. She goes, come watch me put my jeans on. (laughs) She's like, how do you put on jeans? Whoa. What am I missing here? (laughs) Like what? Do you put on jeans? Weird. Okay, well, the next scene, we've got Kimberly going to the hospital, bringing Michael dinner, and um, she runs into Matt, and she asks Matt if he's seen Michael, and he's like, no, I don't think Michael's working tonight, and then Kimberly's hand starts shaking. Matt starts getting suspicious, something is wrong. And of course, Kimberly, like, to this, she gets freaked out, and she, like, excuses herself really quickly, and it's like, oh, I probably got my dates mixed up, so huh, sorry. And then she goes into the elevator, and then brings her hand up, and I love Marsha Cross and how she, like, sells this, but she's like, oh, it's happening so soon! And, like, you can see, like, she just brings it. Poor girl. She brings it. I love, like... Her, like, walking that fine line of, like, crazy 
I just, I love her like this. And, and she, not to say that like she's being crazy here. This is obviously a symptom of her tumor. Mm-hmm. But man, she sells it. She even says it. She's like, I don't want to die. Poor thing. Now, Megan, she drives up to her house. Do you like Megan's house? This is a new setting for us. Look. Um, it seems too too much for a too pro. Cold. Hey. <laughs> hey. A 90s pro. Stop it. It does. Look, I I love it because I think you, someone like you, thinks that she needs to be living in squalor when she is fully supporting herself. She has a beautiful house. She's a cultured woman. And so what? She makes her living through sex work. I, just, I think it's awesome. I think it's cool. I think it doesn't play into this stereotype of what you would think a sex worker would have to live. I think it's I think it's just difficult to like to float the cash, you know, into like I think a home. you need to expand your mind. Maybe. Maybe I do. But uh I Sex is a very lucrative business. I like the house. But it's it's not like a house that we've seen at Melrose Place. Unless we're talking about um what was Allison's uh ex husband who died fell off the boat. That house was a freaking mansion. I know, but it had the same vibe of like Did it? Like rich mahogany. This reminds me of like family home, like in the valley. There's I feel like there's a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, Dan, families actually have people, shelves. People don't use their bookshelves for DVDs. Did people read in the 90s? <laughs> Who knows? Um, so she walks into her house. Michael's in it. Un- okay. Unbeknownst so, <laughs> to Megan. <laughs> Michael's in it. Michael's in it. Number one, how'd he get in? It was probably locked. How'd he get in? And then, like, she's cool with this. Then she walks in on Michael, who is mid-phone call, with the little black book splayed open. And yeah. He, she's Yeah, how here. you doing? This Jerry? Hey, Jerry, guess what? Lose this number, okay? She doesn't work as a sex worker anymore. All right? You got that? Like, okay. To if everybody? I was Megan, and I came in and witnessed this, I would kick his motherfucking ass. How dare he? She has told him on multiple occasions, it's over. Leave me alone. Go away. He breaks into her house. I I should have made him bitch of the week. What if she... The hell am I thinking about? He breaks into her house and then severs all of her business ties? Imagine if she went to uh, Wilshire Memorial and was like calling it, Hey, uh, your surgery today? Yeah, it's canceled. Sorry. Um, that's a really great comparison. Michael and because she does sex work, you're supposed to think, oh, he's so noble taking her away from it. Maybe she fucking wants to do it. All right, Jenny, we get it. You are a proponent for sex work. I am. Fine. You've known this. <laughs> Not that I'm, I'm doing it, but I to- fully support someone who wants to do that. Yeah. I don't think there should be a stigma or anything about it. Jenny is pro sex work. If you want to do it, get after it. <laughs> I will be your Jenny will set you up. <laughs> Jenny's got a stable in the back. I'm a tons, regular hottie flies over here. <laughs> tons of sex work going on at the Hill House, okay? <laughs> we'll get you set up. Okay, stop. Anywho, um, Michael's like, 
look, I want to take care of you. And uh, Megan's like, I have a family <laughs> that I also take care of by fucking all these people. And Michael's like, I'll take care of them too, okay? I got you. And I, I love- want you to be my mistress. No, he says, I know this is a little old-fashioned, but I want you to be my mistress. I want you to be my mistress. You know? so I'm not going to leave cute. my wife. I'm not going to leave my wife or anything. You're funny. Jesus, I hate that book and every name in it. So, yes. He who shall not be named. <laughs> it's one of her horcruxes. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. We've got a mistress. So, they're getting... They're getting mistress-sized. Now we've got Peter and Amanda. Amanda's got some groceries at the door, struggling with the keys, and Peter's like, can I help you with the groceries? <laughs> God, what, Peter's fucking fallen from grace. <laughs> Peter used to be the guy. So he should be like, fuck you and your groceries. Handle them yourself. He'd be like, yeah, he should be like, where are your workers? who like take care of this for you. Peter used to be chief of staff in his office, suspenders, uh, fucking putter going on, hitting golf balls, practicing his golf swing, like plotting to like take over the fucking world. And now he lives in Amanda's apartment. He's just like, he's not the same guy. It's funny that you say that because he acknowledges all of this in the scene. Mm -hmm. He's like, look, you know, my vision for our future is so different than what the reality is. I wanted to take care of you and, you know, I I wanted to lavish you with gifts and make sure that you could never want for anything. And instead, you're taking care of me. Instead, I suffer from all three weaknesses. (laughs) But he's like, I, I really, you know, I, I feel like this is like he's taking some responsibility to say, you know, maybe this isn't working out how I wanted it because like I'm disappointed in that and I'm taking it out on you and it's not fair. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. So Amanda then um, she goes ahead and then offers her sort of reasoning for why they've been beefing so hard. And it's because she's uh, she thinks she's been punishing him for being absent. Yeah, because well, when she went to pr- when he went to prison, uh, before he went to prison, she was like everything to him, and then he went away, and then she was she felt like she was lost. Um, and now uh, Peter like offers this uh, this c- sort of joke mood ring to better understand her. Which I I think is so cute. I think it's so fitting. I love that they're both talking about their feelings and what's going on. And instead of getting a $10 mood ring to say, hey, this is for you. I don't have, you know, that $10,000 ring that I wanted to give you previously, but I can read your moods better. I thought it was perfect. Then she, she drags him to bed. And they they start making like sexual innuendo over the the mood ring. Like red means you wanna like do me. Right? Yeah. That happened. Yeah. Now we go to Wilshire Memorial. Peter is talking to a doctor Doctor Shulman. Doctor Shulman about Michael um saying chief of staff was in the bag. 
And um, Dr. Schulman's like, no, chief of staff is not in the bag. And he's like kind of feeling it out. Like, what do you think if I put my hat in the, in the ring? And she's like, look, um, I would fully support that. When you were accused of murder and sent to jail, I didn't believe for a second that you were guilty of those things. And I think you're fit to run this hospital. So, yes. Yeah. And then Peter and says, well, consider me being considered. <laughs> and while you were in jail committing other crimes, like assaulting police officers, I didn't think anything of that either. Yeah, I think you're totally, please run this hospital. Yeah. And when we figured out your name wasn't Peter Burns, yeah, no, don't. We'll worry. let that slide. Don't worry about it. No problem. Now Matt is like badgering Doctor Dan about deciding what he wants to do, and Doctor Dan is saying like, maybe it's me who needs more time. Yeah, maybe it's you who can't put on this little facade that you're gay anymore. Yeah, because you're freaking weird. And he's like, you're pretending. He's like, I care about you, maybe more than I have the right to. Huh? Do you have rights like, to care? About get out of here. Yeah. I feel like this is all a ruse, because just like you said, he's going to be like, and I got you clean. Yeah, good job. You're no longer jerking people off at the parking lots. <laughs> Matt has like no worries in the in the world, and he's like, Matt is always like hard on his sleeve, like, well, I'm in it. I will marry you tomorrow. I will change my career. I will do whatever it takes. Now we go to Kyle's. Go to Kyle's. Sydney and Jane are like on this sort of like sister like outing to like hang out. And the whole time Jane's like, I'm tired. I don't want to be here. Yeah. And clearly Sydney like as an excuse to go to Kyle's restaurant, brought Jane along. And Jane kind of picks up on this. But Kyle, who is actually Rob, who is Rob Estes, who is actually married to Josie Bissett, at this point in time, they had chemistry on screen. Like, I feel like they opened that door up for a potential as well. Or is that just an undeniable thing that they have and you can't hide it? Maybe, but I, I, I felt it. Well, because the opposite was said. Jane is like, look, Sydney, I know that you are crushing on this guy. Why else would you bring me here? And uh, newsflash, he's a married man. Don't get involved with a married guy again. I am going home. I'm yeah. not playing this little game with you. So she's, she's out. And then we cut to Craig uh, walking with Sam back into Melrose Place. Sam Sam's like talking to Craig about Billy and and he thinks that Billy's getting worked up about about him taking things from him. Yeah, so she's like, "Look, I can assure you, Billy's a nice guy. He's not trying to backstab you." And then they're they're kind of like, "Well, you know, Billy's really mad at me because I'm dating you now." Mm-hmm. And so Sam opens the door to her apartment and then Craig just starts going after it, like starting to kiss her and trying to unbutton her dress. And she's like, what? hold on. We're moving a little too fast. And then he's like, no, it's cool, baby. And then she's like, coffee, 
really meant coffee. Yeah, she's like, I asked you if you wanted to come in for a coffee, and I didn't like that. wasn't that that wasn't like cool talk for something else. Like, yeah. do you want coffee? And he's like, No, I'm gonna leave. And he's like, I, Yeah, I've got I got some projects. And he's like, I can feel you seem you feel the same way for me. He is like, he's a fucking date rapist. Yeah. That's definitely talk of like, you you liked this. You know you want it. Yeah, that's basically like covering his ass. Like, you liked what just happened, so don't call the police or anything. <laughs> um, now, Jane is like walking alone by herself because she left um, Kyle's, which can't, is, which is not far from Melrose Place because Peter be going there every night. Yeah, so you got, you got to wonder, maybe she's taking a walk out in the neighborhood, but something compels her to go to yeah. a payphone and make a collect call to her parents. Now, this is in the evening in L.A. She's from Chicago. Chicago is Central Time. They're in Pacific Daylight Time or Standard Time, whatever so what, they are. what time is it in Chicago? So let's say, let's say it's 8 p.m. here. That's 10 p.m. in Chicago. For her parents, who she's got to be what? 28 27 yeah somewhere in that neighborhood how how old you they're probably be? in bed and she's like collect calling their asses from a payphone yeah you have a collect call from jane and she's like um hi dad i i think i want to come home i don't know who i am anymore is this jane's exit too i don't <sighs> it's like oh jane just went home are we going to lose them both? Are we going to lose Jane and Kimberly? Well, we'll see. Let's, we're really, we're still early into season five. Yeah. I Maybe mean, she wanted to take a break or something and was like, just kind of write me off for a well, couple I, weeks. I need like a, a little <laughs> reprieve of this. Yeah. Um, now, Craig is in his dad's office. We are in full Game of Thrones mode. <laughs> all right. This He's looking for the notes from the board meeting. Why would it be here? But he finds a folder labeled confidential and that he's like, this is it. What else could this be? This is it. I got the notes. Opens it up, starts reading through it. And it says that Craig fucking is the sole beneficiary of D&D. No, 33% stakeholder. Since he was turned 21 right yeah so then we have his dad that comes like Gregory what are you doing at my desk why are you looking through my stuff Craig and he's like father is it true that mother willed me 33% of the stake in D&D I can't believe you never told me and then Craig tells Arthur to drop dead then Arthur says Craig why don't you go to your bed. You seem tired. <laughs> and then Craig's like, well, Dad, I was in college once, and in college we learned that 33% means I own the majority stake. So why don't you go to bed? I'm in control now. Oh, God. Na, 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 na. It's so, that is, it's clear like Game of Thrones shit. That is a storyline of like, he didn't know he was king. But now he's come to power. Right. It's insane. Well, 
We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Um, so last scene of the app, we have Megan and Kimberly and um, they're talking about how's everything is going. Of course, Kimberly is disappointed that a- after Michael dropped them, dropped them off. He like drops off Megan like later, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Kimberly's like in the bushes. She loves hanging out in those loves bushes. Loves those bushes, man. Loves them. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. And Kimberly's basically like, look, Megan, I've tried to keep you guys away for about 48 hours. It's not happening. <laughs> and I give up. At <laughs> this point, I just, I, I'm giving Michael to you. I want you to have him because I'm dying. Megan's. And I want him to have a partner when I leave. Megan's like, I wasn't looking for this, but the truth is, I have feelings for him. <laughs> <laughs> the, and uh, Megan, in response to Kimberly, is like, That is crazy. You can't just give your husband away. And then Kimberly says, Promise me when I go, you'll be there. So weird. That's a really big promise to make. You've been fucking this guy for a couple weeks, and his wife is like, My dying wish is for you to be there for him. How are you going to gift your husband? Kimberly finds a way. I mean, she, I think she's taking advantage of the whole sex work thing. She got a trust for her. Recap! Kimberly tries relieving Megan of her duties, but Michael won't leave her alone. Allison is an independent contractor with D&D again for a cool 5K. Kyle gives Amanda a piece of his mind for treating Taylor poorly. Dan still wants to take it slow with Matt. Peter reaffirms that he will not tell Amanda about his connection to Taylor, but Amanda is getting suspicious. Craig almost loses a big client for D&D, but Amanda remedies the problem in exchange for confidential notes regarding the reorganization of the company. Michael calls off all of Megan's Johns and vows to take care of her. Kimberly gives Michael to Megan. Peter and Michael begin are both competing for chief of staff position at Wilshire Memorial. Craig is getting a little too pushy with Sam. Craig finds out he owns a big share of D&D and is ready to wield his power. 90s moments. Not a lot of them. Sam sleeveless mock turtleneck at shooters. Um, That's a look. Yeah, that is definitely a look. Jane uh, making a call at that payphone. Yep. The whole concept of mood rings. I feel that was mm. such a thing. Like I remember having so many mood rings and really like being like, "Oh, it's green." So I'm like really serene right now. Like really going by it. Megan's little black book. I I am not a professional and I do not in any way uh pretend to make uh assumptions about sex workers in today's industry, but I am pretty sure they've Quite possibly made advancements on the uh, on the the way they store. They've gone digital. The, the way they okay. store their their uh, their Johns. Um, have like considering skydiving and bungee jumping to be like extreme death defying sports. 
Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's like that's like a rite of passage now. I, is it? I guess I've never done any of those, and I don't ever intend to. But I mean, if you. But it was like really cool. Like I went bungee jumping all, all in the summer yeah. when I on my vacation. Like Jenny's I, Jenny's brother went bungee jumping, and we were like, "That's cool." Did he? Yeah, Michael. Well, not, not bungee jumping, skydiving. He skydived. Michael did that. Yeah. And Julie. Oh yeah, I do have a vague recollection of that. But can I ask you, when's the last time you heard of someone going bungee jumping? Oh yeah, not like, never. I can't. I mean, I I have known people in the last ten years that have gone skydiving, but I think bungee jumping is like done. I think it's that's had done. its day. Yeah, it seems like and a it, lot, and it feels really dangerous. Like of the two, I think bungee jumping is worse than skydiving. Yeah, and it it seems like a lot to like collect you once it's done, because then you're still like bouncing for a while. Yeah, and I feel like. And then like how do you get off of the rope? They pull you back up, and then you gotta like hurl no over. No idea, but the I fuck never want to find out. That looks that no, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm 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 not into it either. Okay, Dan, what did you learn from this episode? Um. My lesson this week is um, don't hire sexual entertainment for your husband and then expect that he just comes back when you want to shut it down. That's exactly my lesson. Like, come on. You know Michael's a serial cheater and you've made him his own playground. Like, he thinks he's the greatest cheater. You've let him... You've, like flourished it for him. Why couldn't this have been something that she says, Michael, I understand I'm not, I'm not pleasing you in this way. And this is a very integral part of our marriage. So I'm going to hire an independent contractor to come in to do this work Yeah. while I'm having this episode and then lay ground rules down and say, you only meet here. It's only at this time. This is, a, but that way you're still getting that part fulfilled yeah. And you're still coming back to me and I can still control it. Cuz maybe he wouldn't he wouldn't have liked it as much. I don't know. Who knows. It wouldn't have made for a better storyline if they did that. Yeah. Um yeah, so I have to agree on the lesson there. That's a pretty in your face. Yeah, lesson. come on. Why would you think that that's cool? Now it's time for Bitch of the Week. All right, last week, Jenny, you said that Taylor was the bitch. I said that Amanda was the bitch. And uh, we had a write-in from Jason, said Kimberly's doctor was the bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now verse uh, Michael, which was a submission from from Donald. Uh, And with a vote of... Uh, 13 to 5 to 2 to 1. Taylor again. <gasps> bitch of the week. I mean, she just can't help it. That's just her. She is just, she's a bitch. You know, she doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities. She's definitely a bitch, but I mean, it's low hanging fruit, man. Like, she could be a, she, she's gonna be a bitch for, that's her character, you know? Look, Viv agrees with me. She says, honestly, 
Anything with Taylor, she'll make a bitch to me by default. She makes Amanda more redeeming. Totally agree with that assessment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Gregory says, Taylor is a bitch. Worse, she's a crazy bitch. You can't tell. You can tell by the way she looks at people. Amanda's Amanda-ing as always. She's insufferable with everybody. Why not with her husband? On a side note, it was established last season that Amanda changed her name to escape Jack Parisi, and she married Peter, who also changed his name to escape <laughs> Beth family. What the fuck is Amanda's real married name now? Oh, my now? God. That is so funny. Nobody knows. I totally forgot about that. Um, that Amanda, that Woodward isn't her real last name. But it's her dad's. Yeah, but I think the writers forgot about that. And we're like, oh, they're not going to see these episodes right. again. Then we got a comment on that and said, I don't think Amanda is the type to take any man's name except her daddy, Woodward, fake or not. That's a good point. Maybe she didn't take his last name. Maybe she's still fake-ass Woodward. Yeah. Then another tangent off this same comment is obviously Amanda loves the name Woodward because she decided to take it despite the fact that was her maiden name and she was faking her fucking death that still boggles my mind to this day. It is so true. What's going on here? Then Maria says, I don't think Amanda was a bitch this episode. Peter was way worse. So my vote goes to creepy stalkery Taylor. Agreed. Thanks for giving us your name, Maria. I'm sure you didn't like us (laughs) or me destroying it last week. Um, Jason says, Dan and Jenny, so glad you guys are back with a new episode. I had a really rough week last week. And when I saw a new episode was dropping, it brought... An honest-to-goodness smile to my face. Oh, so happy to hear that, Jason. And yeah. I'm sorry you had a bad week. As for bitch of the physical quarter, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to actually write in Craig. Ah. He intentionally took Sam out on a date, knowing full well how Billy felt about her, and in doing so, blew off work obligations with Billy, leaving him to pick up the slack. And... He had the nerve to bring a t-shirt from their concert date to him as a gift just to rub his nose in it. But I actually have to write in Kimberly's doctor. <laughs> I'm going to reference the classic Sydney line and say that the man was a horrible, unfeeling bitch. He tells Kimberly that she's dying and doesn't even bother or care to offer any kind of sympathy or at the very least resources where she can get counseling assistance. Does Wilshire Memorial have some kind of internal uh, award for who can be the worst doctor? I mean, you'd think so, because there are a lot of doctors in the running, but great things to bring up. Donald says, I feel that Amanda and Taylor are going to be the bitch until the end of Melrose Place or however long Taylor's going to be in there. So I had to write in Michael Mancini. I'm caught up on the podcast and finally in the episodes where you guys are, and I cannot wait to find out what happens next. And both of your arguments for Amanda and Taylor were spot on. But unfortunately, I had to write in Michael Mancini because I can't believe how ridiculous he's being to Kimberly and to this new character, Megan. I mean, 
honestly, 99% of the reasons why Kimberly has done the things that she has done was because of Michael. After she blew up the building, he tried to drive her more insane. Then they found their way back to each other when they the guy tried to kill her when she was on the radio talk show. Remember that? And then, because she couldn't please him at home, she ended up getting multiple personalities, and all he could think of was getting her back and making sure she was okay now. And suddenly, because she won't have sex with him, he goes off with this random woman on the beach and doesn't recognize that something is going on with Kimberly. I mean, what an asshat. That just is the tip of the iceberg of the fact that he doesn't know who Megan is and goes out of his way to practically stalk her into finding out who she is and notices that something is wrong with Kimberly, but decides to ignore her and go off to have sex with Megan. It's just horrible, and I don't get the storyline, and I can't wait to find out how Kimberly and Megan know each other. Great episode. As always, guys, thank you so much for this last month. March has been really hard for me because my fi- my father died on April 2nd from cancer. Mm-hmm. And I've been missing him and he's been helping me cope. The podcast has been really helping me to laugh and to get my mind off things. And please continue to the end. I love you guys. I can't wait to see what happens next. So sorry, Donald, to hear that, man. Donald, that's just awful. I'm so sorry you're going through that. And I hope that we can offer a little bit of lightness through this really awful, challenging time. And we're sending you a lot of love right now. Noah says, Amanda is being totally unreasonable. Thank you, Noah. Let's recap the past <laughs> few few weeks Peter has had. First, he gets sued for sexual assault of a minor that was actually committed by his partner. Mm, that's true. I forgot about that. Then he's kidnapped by Kimberly and almost <laughs> lobotomized. <laughs> then he's in prison for a crime he didn't commit. He's out on thousands of dollars. He's out of thousands of dollars in legal bills and his reputation is in the shitter. The man is traumatized. Amanda knows all of this and marries him anyway and expects him to dust himself off like nothing happened? Yes, Peter's being a deadbeat, but he needs support, not more nagging. Gosh, this makes a lot of sense. Taylor, uh, Taylor may letting maybe letting her loins do the thinking <laughs> for her right now, but Amanda is the bitch. I mean, I mean, when you put it like that, and you like really come on, come on, list all of those traumas, uh, you might there might be something to that. Noah, that was so eloquently put. Thank you, thank you. Okay, John says Dan's got my vote with Amanda's bitch of the week. <laughs> Another smart person. <laughs> Amanda is sabotaging her own marriage with all of her digs at Peter. Not that Peter's hands are clean either. And of course, Taylor's sick, sick loins <laughs> don't help. But as smart as Amanda is at business, she seems more clueless about how to communicate successfully to make a relationship work. God, those loins are sick. Sick loins. Sick loins, Taylor. <laughs> Jamie wrote, I can't vote this week for some reason. That's weird. Oh, she was probably voting for me, though. The poll is not recording my vote. Well, this shit is rigged then. (laughs) You're Uh, the one that sets it up. Unless you were voting for Amanda. So let's see. (laughs) 
But honestly, it was a tough decision anyway. I think it would probably go with Jason's pick because that doctor was way too blunt while Amanda and Taylor were both just being their normal bitch selves. I also just want to take a moment to express how much I cannot stand Megan. Seriously, one of my least favorite characters on this show. I don't mind her. You don't like Megan? You must like Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Great, guys. Well, thanks so much for writing in. Yeah. And because I am the winner, I will let you know who my bitch selection is. This week, my nomination goes to Peter. What is Peter's allegiance to Taylor? You know your wife hates her. And you are meeting up with Taylor behind Amanda's back? Amanda even gave you one last opportunity to fess up and you didn't take it. That's the woman that you decided to marry. The one that you promised. (laughs) You. Me? (laughs) Guys, Jenny is pointing at me like I fucking did this shit. (laughs) I'm nervous. I'm having a Jane moment. Jesus. (laughs) The one that you <laughs> promised to love and protect and be true to. But for some reason, you are deciding to take this woman's wants and needs and feelings over your own wife's. Very weird. Plus, betraying Michael, someone that you've left to run Doctors at Law while you're living it up at Kyle's every night. Mm-hmm. Michael is even performing a surgery on Peter's patient. Peter's there in the hospital. Why the fuck isn't he doing it? Mm. Nope, but Michael's doing it. Michael has made it known that he wants the chief of staff position, and he has asked Peter to endorse him, albeit in a kind of a shady way. But Peter throws away Michael's recommendation and instead nominates himself. Doesn't even give Michael a heads up to say, hey, you know, I want to be professional up front about this. I want this job too, so... You know, we're going to have to vie for it together. He pretends like he's going to endorse Michael and then puts himself up there for consideration. Peter's the bitch. Who's with me? My bitch this week. Another guy. We got guy on guy. (laughs) Just how you like it. Just like (laughs) Dr. Dan and Matt, you know. All right. My bitch this week is Arthur Field. And here's why. Don't you dare fuck with people's inheritance. People write wills for a reason. They want to see their will be done after they're gone. Respect it. Craig is the heir to the D&D throne. He has every right to own this thing. He's got every right to. He's got every right to. Okay. I'm going to put you on the news. This is bullshit. Like, how long has he known this information? It is insanity. And, and, and like, so not only do you, do you know that your son is the rightful owner or, like, uh, or, or uh, majority share of D&D, you, uh, you use him as a pawn in your game to sort of, like, like be, have eyes on Amanda and 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 you you're trying so desperately to like get Amanda out of D&D why don't you fix your relationship with your son and get your son to fucking fire Amanda 
Doesn't that seem like an easier plan? No. But not only are you a bad father, you're a bad bitch boss. And you deserve to be fucking gunned down. <laughs> wow. Arthur is the bitch of the week for okay. fucking with people's inheritance. Well, guys, who was it? Was it Peter? Was it Arthur? Was it somebody else? Weigh in. Let us know. If you're not already part of the Facebook group, become part of it. Get All you have there. to do is answer the questions and we'll let you in. Just come on down. You can vote every week. You can write in your answers and uh, back up why you're voting the way that you did. This week's episode was called Farewell, Mike's Concubine. <laughs> What would you like to rename it, Dan? Clearly, that name does not make any fucking sense because she did not go anywhere. <laughs> Maybe they wanted to like bury the lead and low. Farewell, concubine. Um, I mean, this I'm renaming this one to match uh, my bitch of the week, and this one's called Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, King Craig. Okay, Craig. mine, I mean, no disrespect by this, but this is just something that, that has been said throughout the years, and I think it's fitting. You're going to say the N-word? <laughs> no! Oh I would never say that! You're like serving it up. Kinda. I am just prefacing. You're going to say the R-word? No! Okay. I'm going to say, ho into a housewife. <laughs> Oh, oh, into a housewife. Okay, I got you. Cool. Cool. Uh, prediction time. What What's going down? What's going to happen 100%? Okay. Um, I really need to see some more conflict with Kimberly. Mm. I need to see this. I think we need... We, she can't be like... Goodbye, Michael. I let you go. Fly like a dove out of my life. Like there's gotta there's gotta be something. There's gotta be some switch off. Maybe the shaking gets worse and they're like that, and then she manifests Mirror Buddy. I mean, I just want Mirror Buddy to come back so bad. She's gotta go up in a, a blaze of glory, you know? If 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 she gets a bad exit, that is a waste. Of Agreed. Talent. And I don't think they're gonna do that. I think that they're the she cannot let him go this easily. Something else is going to happen with her. Something crazy before if she does die or or maybe they remove the cancer and she lives. Who knows? Yeah. Um. I think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be revealed pretty soon that Dan Hathaway isn't who he says he is. I'm not gay. I'm not even a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I was a patient. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> See, that would be good. That's some straight up like saw flip at the end. <laughs> what? He was just another patient. I mean, they weren't talking like he was just like talking to him in like the general area. And then they like flashback while he's like doing a monologue like I told you that back in the when we first met that I'd do anything I could to make you better. <laughs> It's fucking awesome. Uh, okay, one could only hope. Do what do we think is gonna happen with Craig and Sam? 
I mean, I kind of, after oh, that I little know. exchange, Rape. I kind of, you, you think so? I think, I think that uh, he gets handsy again. Billy hears it. <gasps> White knight. I love this. Yeah. Saves the day. Yeah. And he like, he like beats him up. Yeah. She's like, and thank you, Billy. For defending my honor. Then Billy gets fired. Then Billy starts making cure-offs. <laughs> Boom. We didn't see a lot from Sydney this week. Yeah, really she not. Had, she had one scene. I mean, I think Sydney needs a scenes. new. She needs a new love interest. Whether it's going to be Kyle, maybe Kyle is finally getting fed up with Taylor calling out of work all the time, leaving him to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. But who's always there? Sydney's always there to lend a hand. There'll maybe be a shuffle. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that they've got to do a couple shuffle. Right now is the part in musical chairs where you're like, think the music's going to end. So you're like, and you're walking around like, the chairs. Like, like, I gotta, yeah. And then like, <laughs> you get past the chair and you run real quick yeah. to the next one and you're like, go really slow then. Somewhere about episode 15, we're going to see the music turn off and everyone's yeah. going to like find their, totally. find their dude. I totally. Girl. I love that. I love that. Here's my Craig's going to shake shit up at D&D. Hundred percent. Once he now that he knows he is the full like runner of ships, he is going to um he's gonna blackmail Amanda into Betty Bay. That's what I think. To keep her job. Um now Amanda has to find out about Taylor's true identity. That has to happen. It will. It will it and it better not be the fucking finale. Because we're not getting to that until three years. <laughs> we'll try, but <laughs> yeah, we got to see that. Um, Jane, Jane might be out. Jane might be done. What is left for Jane to do? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm getting that vibe. Yeah, they're kind of phasing her. Well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe she goes to Chicago and that spawns something completely different. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I think Michael, this might backfire. Michael may be less interested in Megan after he knows this was a rigged game. That's interesting. He'd be like, wait, what? And then maybe he's like, Kimberly, you did that for me? You love me that much that you would hire a sex worker to fulfill me in that way when you couldn't? Yeah. You really do love me. That might turn him on hardcore. And then he'd be like, oh, Megan, no. And then Megan's like, Michael, you got rid of all my clients. What do I do now? Michael, my black book is gone. (laughs) So we'll see. I mean, those are good predictions, though, for sure. Do you have any more? I already said that Craig might try to rape Sam and Billy comes to save him. Allison will be pulled back into D&D and her making money may disgust Jake enough for them to break up. He'll be he'll be the whole like, ew. You're totally into capitalism. What is this? A paycheck? <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I pay you in sex and kids. <laughs> uh, well, only time will tell, and we're gonna be here watching it all with you guys. Yeah, um, guys, we got a we got a dope 
awesome gift in the mail. So thoughtful, so awesome. It perked up our entire week. Can't yeah. believe. Got a shout Amanda, out. you did this. Amanda, thank you so much. We got like we got this little uh we got a Melrose Place compact disc. Um that has all of the songs from Melrose And you Place. know, you know, we don't think that we have the original songs yeah. because of the way that we're watching it on Hulu. So we can't wait to crack this baby open. Uh, does your car still have a, a CD yeah. player? All yeah. right. Well, there you go. We've got, um, we got a therapy question mark. Therapy? Therapy? Sydney's favorite band? Yeah. Sydney's favorite band, a Patch. And she also... Um, Sent us a a wrapped gift that has spoilers on it, so we we're haven't gonna, opened it. We're gonna wait. Maybe we'll do like a live unboxing of it when we're done. Yeah. The <laughs> un, a, an opening. And last but not least, the thing we're having the most fun with right now is a Melrose Place like little book of lessons, life lessons from Melrose Place. So we are going to start incorporating this in our Patreon exclusive. So if you are a Patreon member and you're donating to our show, Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to start releasing some segments there where we're going to talk all about the life lessons. And uh, it's a new little thing that we're going to start doing. So if you want to donate to us, if you want to help the show, the best way to do that is to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, or to, you can also donate to the show. And yeah, patreon.com slash Melrose Pod. And just checking to see if we got any reviews here. Um, Feb 6th? No. Nope. We read that one. If you haven't written us a review, um, do it and we'll read it on the show. Do it. So, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MelrosePod. Our email is MelrosePod at gmail.com. Send us a little note there. Tell us why you like the podcast or whatever. We'll, we'll read it. Um, and you can contribute to the pod pa- podcast by going to Patreon.com slash MelrosePod. And um, we thank you guys for listening. We love smut. And we love you!